welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Learn, Do, Grow with Brandon Pierpont of Painter Marketing Pros. So your 2022 painting sales on-demand plan, how to generate sales 24-7, that means while you sleep, in 2022. Who am I and why should you listen to me? So uh, prior to doing any any official digital marketing, I grew and sold a successful service-based business using my marketing knowledge. Uh, prior to that, worked on Wall Street, uh, buying and selling companies. Industry partner, the PCA, ran a successful generalist marketing agency prior to launching Painter Marketing Pros. Uh, we now work exclusively with painting contractors, so we specialize only in this niche, uh, meaning we have far deeper industry expertise than do other agencies. Allows us to be more effective and faster with our results. I am host of the popular Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast, which also is being run uh, through the PCA. So I do highly encourage you to check that out if you have not. Uh, it's where we interview these, the owners of highly successful painting companies doing well over $1 million a year uh, and figure out how everyone can get there. And then we have a 100% U.S.-based team, which means that we are able to provide superior marketing results uh, than can a lot of our competitors who, who do many, much outsourcing. So what we'll cover in this episode is we're going to come up with clear goals for 2022. So what's your target and what numbers do you need to hit it? We're going to talk about the three fundamentals of marketing success how to optimize your website for conversion in 2022 and beyond, kind of the, the point of a website and what you need to do. Uh, the big picture of all the online marketing channels you should be tapping into to generate sales 24-7. The latest trends that will be taking hold in 2022, digital marketing, if you do not know, is a constantly and rapidly evolving field. So the, it is constantly shifting. And then developing a custom action plan based on where you are now and what you need to do now. Um, so don't think I need to go through that. Um, if you guys have not downloaded the course materials, you can do so now. Uh, www, and you actually do need the, the www. We're having a bit of a subdomain issue, but www.paintermarketingpros.com forward slash 2022. So www.paintermarketingpros.com forward slash 2022. And if you go there, you will get the ultimate painter marketing checklist. So it's a, a basically a one, one page cheat sheet about the most effective uh, marketing tactics and, and things you need to make sure you're implementing. You'll get a 2022 internet marketing workbook, which that's far more in depth. Um, and then you'll actually get an Excel document as well, where you can actually input the numbers, the revenue you want, your average sales value, value um, for, for the painting jobs you're selling, your profit margin. Ultimately, you can actually map out your year based on, on the month and everything else. Because that's, that's really how granular you want to get. And with, with our clients, the, the ones that do the best are the ones that think that way, right? The ones that know their numbers. And, and we, have, we have clients kind of range, range the spectrum at Painter Marketing Pros. We have, our smallest is actually someone who's part-time, uh, who's not even full-time in his business. And then we have companies doing quite a few million a year. And one of the, the consistent things I've seen, and, and now I interview owners of, of some of the biggest companies in the country routinely for the Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast, is the bigger company owners, they know their numbers. They know their numbers, right? They have it dialed in. They know what their average sales value is. They, they know 
uh, how many jobs are getting per month, what kind of job. They know what, what their most profitable jobs are. And not only do they know their current numbers and their past numbers, they know their future numbers. Say, hey, where do you want to go in 2022? They're going to be able to tell me exactly how much revenue they want and what that translates into profit, what that does for them, what that does for their team, how many crews they're going to have at the end of the year. And, and the guys who are smaller, they don't. They don't tend to know their numbers. And where, where do you want to be in 2022? Well, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I want to grow or maybe I want to be at a million. It's, it's just kind of a, a, a ballpark number. So the more you can dial it in, you know, what is it? Failing, failing to plan is planning to fail. So we, we all want to have big companies and well, not everyone does, I guess, but a lot of us want to have big companies and be successful, but you have to know your numbers and, and actually create a, a concrete action plan. And Brandon, I'm going to interrupt just one second. Please. So for everyone that uh, has just joined us um, there, if you pull up your chat box, um, it the, the link to that worksheet that Brandon was mentioning is uh, linked in the chat box. So uh, you can grab it there. Also feel free to drop questions. This is a workshop. And so we invite you to ask questions and or interrupt. We, we're okay with that in this, in this framework. Uh, just give Brandon a second to, to orient himself when, when you pop on to ask a question. Yep, yeah, it is highly encouraged. Uh, this is meant to be a kind of a round table, like a, a workshop style. Um, event. Okay, so you can also listen to most of what I'm saying in, in the pre recorded version. So it's better if we if we get your guys feedback and questions as well. Um, okay, so this, uh, if you've if you've watched any of the other webinars that we've recorded, um, this is I, I call it casually a kind of a digital dominance wheel, but this essentially walks through most of the ways that you should be marketing yourself online. And there are, there are even other ways. And obviously there's a lot that you could be doing offline, uh, wrapping your vans, rec mail, et cetera. But uh, th this is really how you wanna view your online presence. So first and foremost is your website. It's the hub of your marketing. Um, if, if your website's not, not generating traffic for you on its own, if it's not built to actually take that traffic that's coming to it and actually get them to call you, get them to fill out your web form, then you are leaving money on the table, just period. Um, SEO is tied in with the website. It's the second most important thing because the, the website's all good and great. And you can drive people there through paid traffic or social media campaigns or whatnot. But ultimately you want people to just be finding you. You wanna be ranking for those relevant keywords, for those keyword phrases, interior painter, Dallas, you know, house painter near me. You, you wanna be at the top, right? That's Google tacitly recommending you uh, as the best painting company and it, it primes you to be able to charge more money and people just still consistently close. And uh, as opposed to, to paying someone else less money and, and having to compete on price, we don't want to compete on price. Uh, number three is review management, get reviews. It's, it's kind of amazing how, how challenging some companies find this, but you can systematize it. Uh, you can, you can make it predictable where you are consistently getting those five-star reviews and staying ahead of any negative ones. Uh, Pay-per-click. So Google ads works extremely well if you know what you're doing for painters, it works extremely well. It is like a lever. Uh, you can dial it up, dial it down. Once you actually get those campaigns dialed in, uh, if you don't know what you're doing or, or you kind of map, don't have a lot of ad groups or you're mapping everything just to your website or just to the same landing page, uh, it can also be a money pit. And, and you can think it's just, you know, not, not a good option, but it is. Uh, retargeting, if you're doing any sort of advertising whatsoever, you need to be retargeting people who landed on your website. People went to, to any of your landing pages. You have to retarget them. It's, it's your, it's someone who's already interested. They've already expressed enough interest to check you out, uh, but they haven't closed yet. So there it's pennies, 
it's, it's pennies on the dollar to target them and they are high quality prospects. Uh, paid directories, we put this on here to be complete. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but some people do. Um, they, they have seen success with Angie, you know, now, and I've even heard of one, one of the guests on the podcast has actually had great success with Yelp, which, which to be honest, blew my mind, but it, it, it's very location specific and, and depends on your company as well, how you run it. Um, repeat referral. If you're not, I guess the technical term would be database reactivation. Um, what that means is just staying in front of your customers, your past customers or people who have opted in. Maybe you have a newsletter that provides value to your local community. But if you can stay in front of those people, if you can send maybe some kind of a, a happy birthday or happy holidays or even a, or a gift certificate or whatever, um, those are, again, it's kind of like the, the concept of retargeting. Those are very hot prospects who are likely to be willing to pay you more money. And then social ads. So Facebook um, is, is really what we found a lot of success with, Facebook and Instagram. That did shift a little bit. We're, we're still able to find success with it. But there was a Google algorithm update. Uh, and then the, the big thing that has really shifted that is actually the uh, Apple update. So in the middle of the year, a Apple, and if you have an iPhone, and you, you probably already know about this, but they started asking you, do you want this app to track you? Do you want this app to track you? And you know the, the natural answer of most people is going to be no. My answer is no. I don't want all the apps tracking me, but it makes retargeting more difficult. Um, so that, that has made Facebook ads. I believe the cost per lead in Facebook ads has gone up it was quantified, but I, th I think it was somewhere in the vicinity of 30% ever since that. So that's a, obviously a massive shift. Okay. Again, anyone has any questions, feel free to stop me. Uh, it gives me a second to take a drink too. So question, what's the hardest part about marketing your painting business online? Uh, make sure you download the, the workbook. Again, this is kind of what that workbook looks like. Um, so it goes through goals and target your foundation. We're going to get to this market message media. Uh, what, what you need to do to your website. Um, oh, should have updated that. And then uh, essentially this is that digital dominance and, and we're going to get into some of this where you're actually going to input your numbers and, and the questions. But that's what that is. This is the, the checklist. So you'll get this as well. This is essentially what, what's going on with your website and, and what are the main things that you need to be focused on. This is the high level. You can go a lot deeper than this, but it's a checklist. And then ultimately there is also an, a whole Excel document, like I said before. And Brandon, with yeah. that with that checklist for for those of you that have that are yeah. LinkedIn, do you just recommend going like piece by piece? You know, starting with the 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 actual website on your your desktop and and going through this, and then doing the same checklist on your phone, or how do you recommend going through this checklist? Yeah, so some of it is not really. It doesn't really matter whether it's desktop or mobile. So for example, being active on social media, are, are you actually running effective Google pay-per-click campaign? That's kind of not as relevant. In terms of the website, uh, you need to be optimized for mobile. So Google has taken a mobile-first approach, uh, which means that they're prioritizing, pay, they're, they're prioritizing in their ranking algorithms, the pages that do best on mobile devices. Because more and more internet traffic, it's now over 50% traffic is on mobile, uh, and Google wants to give people what they want. And so, yeah, I, I would, that is one thing that, that sometimes painting company owners will overlook. They'll have a, a website that looks really great on desktop. And then you go to mobile and, and the, the, the um, sizing's out of whack or, or the text is too big or you can't click the call, the phone number, you, phone number's there, but you, you try to click it and it doesn't dial it. So yeah, it's, unfortunately, I guess the answer is both. Yeah. You kind of have to, have to optimize it because you'll also, a lot of the ideal 
clients will, will be kind of a little bit older, you know, have, have nice homes. And then they tend to sometimes go, be desktop traffic at mm -hmm. night as they're kind mm -hmm. of scrolling through. Yeah. Pro tip on this too. You should also do this with any email marketing. You should, if you're using an email marketing software, you should always uh, send a test email and open it on your, your mobile device. Sometimes it looks very different yeah. on your desktop than it does on your mobile device. Yeah. Super good point. Yeah. I'd be like, wow, this looks great. And then you get it to your phone and, and the, the headers like wrapped around. And oh my, you have no idea. I, to, yeah. to all of you who are listening, I would, I don't know if you all do the marketing side or if you're just, you're, you're learning to take back to whomever does marketing in your company, but I've made some snafus with that, with that front. So. Yeah. It's always fun. Send it to a couple thousand people and then you look at it on your own phone. Yeah. It's better to test it first. All right. Uh, so many options, unclear to where to spend your budget. So we have uh, SEO, you know, actually getting your website ranked, investing into your site, um, PPC, social media, et cetera. The, I do want to touch again on, on this website. I, I, I strongly believe that, that the website is the core of your marketing. And some of the, the painting company owners that, that we've worked with have really felt differently. And, and these are some of the even more advanced ones that, that are doing well, that are doing well over a million a year. And they know their numbers, but they're so focused on their numbers on that short-term return on what's going to, what's it going to do in the next two or three weeks? What's it going to do in month one and month two? And they, they, they kind of view the website as this nice to have, or it, it looks pretty online. It's, it's this digital asset, but it doesn't really drive any revenue or any profit hundred percent, the wrong way to look at it. Because if you do that, then you're always going to be paying for the direct mail. You're, you're always going to be paying Google or Facebook and it's just, it's a huge missed opportunity. So I do want to emphasize long-term, make sure you are investing into your site because it is going to be your number one source of value long-term, right? If you do that right. Now I do, I want to caveat that. I do think you should always be doing all these things. So once you get to a certain point, I think you should be running PPC. I think you should be running Facebook ads. I think you should be continually investing in your SEO. So you remain the top of Google for all the relevant keyword phrases. Uh, and I think you should be doing direct mail doing all stuff like that. I think a, a lot of people overlook direct mail and I think it's a big missed opportunity. We don't do direct mail, but one day we might add it because I do think it's important. Uh, make a major investment in marketing and don't have much to show for it. Uh, so you set yourself up for failure. If you don't have a clear plan, then you can overspend on marketing. And, and this is another issue we see uh, with, with some painting companies that have invested pretty substantially into their marketing, but they don't uh, really know what's working. They say, well, yeah, yeah, our marketing's working. And they might even know their, their general ROI. They might say, well, we get a six times return on our investment for our marketing or eight times or whatever it is. But then I say, okay, well, how about my channel? You know, what's going on with, with your Facebook ads? Well, not really sure. Some come through Facebook and, and some, some come through Google. And, and I think some people find us. And if you can't tie it, then, then you really don't know. And then if it, Worse, if you have referrals and if you have repeat business mixed in there, then you definitely have no idea uh, what the ROI is. So it's important to know because it might be one of those channels was a 15 times ROI and one was, was one or negative or, you know, under one ROI. So obviously you're going to waste money if you don't, if you don't know those numbers. Justin, it's good to see you, man. What, what is going on? I wanted to mention that every customer when I come to their house for an estimate, I ask them how they heard of us. And we are able to measure and 
find out which marketing is working and what is not. That's great, man. So I will tell you, um, well, number one, congratulations. I'm glad that you do that. Hopefully you're mapping it. Hopefully you're tracking it in a Google sheet. You know, if you're not using a, an official CRM, um, hopefully you're at least tracking that somehow to keep that data. Number two, I will caveat. So I think it's great what you're doing. I just, I like to be blunt. Buyers are liars. So what you'll have is you'll have people tell you, and, and we actually went into depth. I don't know whether it's Garrett Martell. I'm not sure who it was. One of the podcast guests, we just, we talked about this in depth because he tracks where they come from using software. So he knows where they came from. And then they still ask. And he said about 30 to 40% of the time, what they tell him is not where they came from. And I think sometimes they forget, you know, sometimes they might not know. And it happens to us at Painter Marketing Pros. We know where people come from, but we ask and a good percentage of the time, they either don't know or what they say is incorrect. But what he found, which I found interesting, was a lot of people will say their referrals. Well, their, their friend told me or their family member told me about you. But the reality is that they, they came through a Google, a Google ad, right? And it, those things are not necessarily mutually exclusive. There, there could be the chance that a friend had worked with that company and then they saw the Google ad, um, you know, or, or something like that. But a lot of times it, it it looks like they're saying it because they think you're going to treat them better or you're going to give them some sort of special friends and family pricing or, or something for a referral. So something to keep in mind. But I am glad that you're, that you're doing that and tracking that. Um, all right. So you, goal, obviously, is generate enough leads, keep your target, keep your vans running, um, and to get a great ROI return on your investment. And ultimately, you need to maximize your lead flow and hit your sales goals for 2022 and beyond. So number one, set clear goals. What are your goals for 2022? Brian Tracy, a big motivational speaker, um, self-development guy. He says, success is goals. All else is commentary. Uh, I like that quote a lot. And if you don't have a plan, then you're kind of like this sailboat just sort of sitting out there um, and you're just going to go wherever the tide takes you. But if you have a plan, then you get some wind behind your sales and you can actually have direction to your marketing, direction to your business. And your odds of, of getting where you want to go are much higher. So there was a, a Harvard study done in 1979. Um, it's Harvard. You know, so the, these are people who are likely going to be successful. They're likely going to make a lot of money. Probably, I guess, one of the most, if not the most prestigious universities in the world. And they did, it, they did this study of, of 1979 grads and they asked them to about their goals their specific life goals in, in terms of revenue in terms of their finances 84 percent of the graduating class had no specific goals 13 percent had goals but they didn't write they had not written them down yet on their own three percent only three percent had clear written goals along with a plan to accomplish those goals in their life so the results, again, these are all Harvard grads. The 13% of the class who had the goals were on average earning twice as much as the 84% that didn't have the goals. So just by having a goal in their head, they were earning twice as much. But the 3% who had the goal, who had written the goal down on a piece of paper and, and actually had a plan to accomplish the goal on average were earning 10 times, 10 times the rest of the class, 10 times the other 97%. That is astounding. So there's something to setting a goal, something to putting pen to paper or, or document on your computer and actually coming up with a plan. And that's largely what this, what we're doing today. 
So again, if you have questions, if you have a specific goal or, or whatnot, uh, feel free to go live. Jo Justin, thank you for contributing. So the goal setting framework, you need to have written goals and plans uh, at a minimum, have a one-year goal. Um, so people kind of say, well, in five years, I want to be, the reality is that doesn't really mean anything. You should have a long-term goal. Um, you know, I, I do this, my wife and I do this. We set five-year goal and, and I, even longer goals because it ultimately gives us something to drive toward. But the reality is you can't look forward and work on a daily basis looking forward five years. And you can't even do that really looking forward one year. It's good to set a benchmark, but then you have to back that back into quarterly goals and really monthly goals. And then at the end of each month, at the end of each quarter, you assess. You know, you've written it down. You say, okay, this is, I, I wanted to get to 2 million by the end of 2022. To get there, I felt that I needed to be at, you know, a, a pace where I was essentially on target to, to be making 1.5 by the end of March. Where are you? Where are you? Are you behind? Are you ahead? Um, and then what's, what, what needs to shift in Q2 to keep you on track? Okay. So what are your goals for 2022? So what is your revenue target? How much is that monthly? How many calls will that require? And what is your average transaction value? So here's an example. And I do want to see if one of you will be bold enough to volunteer for this. So what is your revenue target? This is an example, right? We're, we're going to be all over in terms of revenue. We, we might be at a hundred thousand. We might be at 8 million, right? Everyone's going to be in a different spot. Justin, what is going on? Did you raise your hand, Justin? Uh, yes, I will volunteer. Oh, great, man. All right, so we're going to ask, what is your revenue target? How much is that monthly? So we're just going to break that down by 12. What is your average transaction value? And then we're going to figure out how many book jobs will that require? What is your revenue target? A revenue target for 2022 is going to be, uh, I'm hoping to hit uh, 150K. 150, awesome. All right, so 150K. So what is that monthly? Looks like 18,000 monthly. Yeah, All right. okay, yeah. Is that right? No, that doesn't seem right. That's. I, I don't have uh, a... My phone is no, my calculator. It's, it's 12,500. 12, okay. Okay. So 12.5K monthly. What is your average transaction value? Right now, it's about 2250. And okay. I'm hoping to raise that to 2500 average job. Okay. So let's call it 2500. Okay. Because I think you can just raise your prices now. You're already, that, that's already quite low. I think you should just raise the prices and, and, and stick to that. So let's say it's 2,500. So 12.5. So you essentially need to do five jobs per month on average. How many are you doing right now? Four. All right. So you're not that, you're not that far. If you raise your price by a little bit, I would commit to that too, Justin. I would commit to that. Um, you know, your time, your time is worth something. And ultimately, you have to decide where you want to take the business. And it's real easy when you're small to get stuck in a rut, to get stuck kind of taking what you get. Um, I would really commit to a minimum of, of that 2,500 and then just find a way to land those five jobs or more. Does that make okay. sense? Yes. And I know you yes, and I kind of touched base offline the other day and, and you had, had mentioned that you were needing to find work and everything. Well, one of the issues that you're going you're gonna to have is if you're charging too little for your jobs, 
then it's it's not going to leave you a lot of profit and that's yeah. going to make it really difficult to pay the kind to pay people the kind of money that's going to get people especially competent people and qualified people to want to work for you does that make sense yes yeah you you have to build in that margin and you have to build it in assuming you're paying for yourself because ultimately you need to take yourself out of the equation so I know, I know that you and I believe your wife um, work. You need to when you're running your numbers, you 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 don't want to run the numbers and and assume that you have a gross, a certain gross profit or a certain profit percentage, but you haven't accounted for you and your wife because you need to to think what would you have to pay a painter another one would it would it be eighteen dollars would it be twenty four dollars an hour you need to figure out how many hours you guys worked and you need to bake that in and ultimately your profit margin should be fifty percent that's what you should be making more ideally. Does that make sense? Yes, I will make sure to incorporate that. Okay, cool. Thanks for volunteering, man. Um, all right, so how many leads will you need? So in this example, so let's go, let's go through with Justin then. So he needs, he, he needs five jobs based on his numbers. Justin, what's your, what's your conversion rate? <laughs> right there when it says 55%. Is it, is it really 55%? Yes, it Okay, so you essentially have to take five divided by 0.55. So you need nine leads yes. per, per month. Yep. Right now. Um, all right. Well, yeah, Justin, thank you for volunteering for that. Appreciate that. Uh, does anyone else want to volunteer for that? Run through that. Okay, so there's also this right here is a screenshot from um the cold did you want to volunteer sure awesome. okay sorry you unmute yourself what's going on man what's going on so i got um what from the top or what are, um, yeah yeah what what are you what's your what are you gonna hit revenue wise in 2022 uh we're looking at well, our goal is 1.5, which is the okay. same as this year, but we're just trying to increase our profitability. Um, okay. Uh, I'm not really, I'm not focused as much on growing my revenue as much as growing my profitability um, okay. right now. Uh, so that's about a 125,000 a month in billables. Okay. Uh, our average job right now is at about 75, around there, 7,500. Okay. What do oh, about 16, 17. Okay, we'll call it 17. Yeah, 16 and two thirds. What's your close rate? Our close rate is high because it's mostly all residual work. So I get a lot of work order maintenance requests, uh, corporate facilities, um, museums. So my closing rate is right about 68 around there. Uh, okay. We are a primary commercial company and okay. um, uh, yeah, it's a lot of facility work order work that we get. So it's residual. So you don't, okay. So your sales process is almost more order taking. Yeah, it's, uh, we, we don't get much um, random uh, leads off the internet or Yelp or anything like that. I'm really just pounding the pavement on existing clientele and um, uh, skirting in through, uh, you know, approved vendor list that I'm already on. And so uh, I'm trying to like focus into those groups and, and actually I'm trying to weed out my residential clientele. 
uh, because yeah. I'm much more profitable just painting drywall than houses. <laughs> nice. Uh, so that's what I'm trying to figure out right now on our end is um, uh, I'm, I'm more used to this um, formula of lead generation and um, setting goals. But as I'm trying to um, transition my company um, from, you know, commercial and residential, I'm trying to go straight commercial interior paint maintenance, uh, drywall painting, you know, very focused like that. How are you? Um, so just running the numbers, you need 25 leads a month. Yeah. How are you um, planning to increase your profit margins? Um, so one is increasing my um, price because everything's gone up. Uh, uh, two is um, uh, I realized that the value of residual service allows me to increase that um, margin. So for example, uh, uh, I realized that I make a lot more money on my reactive uh, request. So I can charge like 90 bucks an hour on a reactive request that needs to get done in 24 to 48 hours versus uh, a proactive request that um, uh, uh, I can only charge about $65 an hour. And so what I'm trying to do is go into my, uh, say, property management clientele and say, hey, I serve one property here and I serve others here and um, I'm available for uh, emergency reactive work. Uh, we can activate quickly, get in, get out, and we're already approved vendor uh, for you. So um, nice. I'm kind of like trying to target that area with the hopes of if I can, um, if I can uh, uh, serve their immediate reactive requests, then it almost is like a door open for proactive, longer uh, capital right. improvement projects. In, in that, right. In and now, what what's for the the buying process there? Do they do they always go through just the approved list automatically, or do they sometimes do their own research? Uh, so uh, uh, it's interesting. So like, as long as you're an approved vendor, it's you make it easier for the property manager to hire you. Like you, hmm. like once you tell them I'm an approved vendor, they're like, oh, okay, well, here's the, can you take a look at this project? But if I go yeah. at them and I'm not an approved vendor, then they're like, well, you, there's this process. Do you require, uh, do you meet the requirements, insurance and all of that? So what I've been doing is going straight to the corporate and saying, how do I become an approved vendor? <laughs> and yeah. then uh, target them on link, target the property manager facility managers individually on LinkedIn um, because nice, I can nice. look them up quicker, you know, more direct uh, and then say, Hey, I'm an approved vendor and blah, 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 blah. I'm available for active work. Can I come and introduce my services or whatever? Um, uh, the other end that I've been doing is um, coming from a, <laughs> coming from a, uh, do you have extra paint in your basement? Uh, do you need to get rid of it? Cause there's this great program called paint care. Uh, if I can come and evaluate your paint pile, uh, uh, maybe I maybe I can cook you up with paint care to come and pick it up. They're like, what? Great. Can you come down, take a look at my waste? And I'm like, sure. And uh, when I can do that, then it's a super soft like. Yeah, <laughs> that's great, man. You're you're adding adding value and finding kind of kind of back end ways in, in the door. Yeah. So I don't have to sell them so hard on the front end. And, and it's an easier because I make their job easier, basically. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I'm, what I'm looking to do is cut out some of the waste so I can make mm -hmm. room for growth in another market. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. Well, thanks for sharing all that. Um, cool. I'm curious, so, yeah. Cole, is there a question that you have in there at all? Or is there anything you're wanting to like plug Brandon's brain for? You're muted. Cole, I think you're muted. What, what we're weak on is web marketing and internet marketing, and I can improve my website and I can make it a lot more streamlined. So like uh, just from the intake, lead intake process, like I'm interested to know kind of like, uh, you know, just means I can uh, ask the right questions and redirect no uh, non-fit uh, leads and give them an option as well. And so what we're trying to do is just develop a back-end Google form that can help us simply collect that and redirect them. But I'm looking for like other streamlined processes that uh, that, that you, you have implemented here, Brandon, and, and see if I can take some of those elements to our yeah, own yeah. intake and just kill it from the beginning so I yeah. can just not waste my time on things that aren't a good fit for us. Are you thinking about it the right way, man? What we have a um a CRM and and we have a survey that when people come through, they'll fill it out. And if they're not a right fit, what it what it does is it actually redirects them to essentially a landing page where we provide value. So there's some videos that of me talking mm -hmm. teaching sort of different things, and then there's some downloadable resources, and essentially kind of like, hey, we're probably not the right fit for you at this time. But, but check this out, check this out, check this out. We would also recommend you do this. So just exactly the way you're thinking about it, not like, hey, we're not a right fit, you know, buy. But hey, yeah, I, I don't I, think this is a right fit, but here's value. Here's For value. sure. Yeah. I mean, that's why I get stuck with bids I don't want to go on because I have a hard time telling them no on the phone when they call. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that's exactly the reason and it's like ah damn it I think know, here you, we go again i know i shouldn't yeah. do this job you know i think if you could i mean i think that would be a great fit potentially for partnerships so mm -hmm. if there are if there are companies around you that you think would want that kind of work then you might almost want to redirect to their site right or yeah, have yeah. a landing page say hey we're, we're probably not the right fit but this is a trusted partner that we have that we think would be perfect for what you're looking for yeah, you know, ironically, other painting companies have been doing that to me, and I have been getting <laughs> flooded with leads I don't want. <laughs> I'm like, That's oh, man, you know. <laughs> well, you you can, I mean, you can stop them from doing that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, or you could just pass them. You know, the, the same guy gets right referred now. like ten times. Like, all right, <laughs> you know, or just like maybe communicate. Hey, I love this. And also here's my target market. Right. That might be the, le the least passive aggressive as the person on this call that focuses on communication. That might yeah. be the way to go. No. And it's a good point. If you, if you on your website and any landing pages or forms that you have, if you kind of preface like, Hey, Hey, we're the reactive experts. Right. And, and like, yeah. this is what we do. This is what we specialize in. And, and this is what we don't, you might even want to say, this is what we don't do. This, this is the kind of work that's outside work. And you position it, not like, Hey, we don't want that. But you position it. We're, we're ex, kind of like painter marketing pros. Like we focus on painters. And so generally we are genuinely better at it. Right. But, but then people know if you're a plumber or a roofer or a veterinarian, don't come talk to us because <laughs> we're not the right fit. Right. But, right. but we don't say we don't want your business. It's, no, we, we focus on painters 
and that makes us really good at painters. But what we in, and if you kind of convey that messaging for what you do and and convey it in a way, hey, so we're the we're the best at this. But but you know, obviously make it obvious that that kind of means that you you have specialized. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, and I think that's like our own growth. This is our tenth. This is going to be our tenth year, and our our company is Novo Painting and Property Services. So when I created that, I wanted to Pretty be broad. a net. But ten yeah, years later, broad. I'm like no <laughs> I need this and so my messaging everything about the branding almost uh it throws everything into this kind of a, a whirlwind and so we're yeah. in this pivotal moment to kind of redefine uh our our, our target in our niche that's, gr- if you want. that's great man kind of uh 2022 will be a rebrand year for you guys yeah 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 you could even maybe do a file a dba and, and even do a name change essentially oh it's a good idea yeah thank you yeah cool um <clears throat> so goals what are your your goals for 2022 and how many how many leads we need to get there so we went through that so this is how you kind of think about when you really dive into this stuff you basically need three things with, with sales and marketing when, when like the psychology of it so the market is who who's your customer avatar who are you going after uh the the message is once you know your customer avatar then you know how to how to talk with them you know what's going to resonate with them because you know what they care about and then the media is how are you going to reach them? Media is, is the website, Facebook, Google ads, um, connections, right? LinkedIn, it's, that's the medium. So update, update your market messages. So who is your ideal customer? Who's your avatar? And this gets, I remember the first time I saw this, I thought it was um, a little bit ridiculous. But as I've progressed in my entrepreneurial journey, I now fully understand uh, the power of it. It is extremely powerful. So uh, the, the, who's your ideal customer avatar. And I just kind of read this stuff. Cause we do have a lot of people who listen by a podcast. Um, but their demographics, pains and frustrations, fear and implications and goals and desires. So demographics the examples here are homeowner, 35 plus years old, typically female married with two to three kids had a household, 85, 85 K or more in annual household income that will vary. You know, if you're, if you're in New York city, that your number is probably going to be a lot higher. If you're somewhere rural, it could even potentially be lower. Uh, family oriented, reliable, easily frustrated, not handy, likes gardening, craft, and art. Think about how, 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 how that irrelevant that seems, but it's not. Likes gardening, crafting, and arts. Lives in the suburbs, upper middle class neighborhood. That's what everyone thinks about the neighborhood, right? Upper middle class, upper class. You, you want to hit the nice homes. That's true, but not everyone in the nice homes is going to be a fit. Some people in nice homes are real cheap. That's, that's just the reality. Not everyone who has a nice home is just going to want to invest in a premium painter. Some people are still do-it-yourselfers, right? So you got to target the right people. And then takes an interest in her community. Pains and frustrations, not satisfied with the house color or paint quality, can't find a painting company she trusts. Trust is a big factor. It's the factor, I would say. Want the house to look better, uh, too busy to deal with it herself. Worried the situation of the house could be unhealthy for the family, right? There's poss- possible... Uh, scenarios there. So embarrassed by the house appearance. That's really the big one. I would say embarrassed by the house appearance. I think painting is largely ego-driven uh, when you're targeting the, this mom and, and wife and of, of a affluent household who's who has the family. A lot of times the ego is kind of what you're going to be focused on. Uh, fears and implications, being ripped off or overcharged, paying too much for something she could have gotten elsewhere, having the home damaged uh, by faulty workmanship, you know, uh, the job running over time or, or budget, it's not uh, that important. Being inconvenienced, trying to coordinate. So inconvenience, one of the issues obviously has been painting companies being booked out for several months or, or quite a few weeks. And 
people don't always want to wait that time. And, and the kind of the astounding thing, 2021 was obviously a very weird year, but kind of the astounding thing was, was people say, well, I don't need any more work. I'm booked out three months. I said, why are you booked out three months? Why don't you hire more painters? Oh, I can't afford more painter. No one will come. And then you get into this issue. There are people in the world who want to work. I I don't accept the fact that there aren't painters. I do know that there has been a labor shortage. Uh, Nick Slavic talks a lot about this. He doesn't accept it. Uh, The decent human being model, finding finding people uh, who are decent human beings and and training them to work at your company. Uh, There's a lot that goes into that in, in terms of having the culture and the operations set up and everything. But don't be booked out for three months and, and think that you can't grow your business. Um, a disaster, back to fears and implications. A disaster is created in the house. Bill ends up being more interested in Florida and embarrassed, again, embarrassed in front of friends or family. Uh, goals and desires make the house look good. She has a family. She has kids. She has her friends over. She wants the house to be presentable. Uh, having a well-kept home, she's proud of issue behind her, taking care of her family. More income, money, and wealth is what she wants. She wants to live in a potentially a nicer house, more luxurious house, drive a nicer car. Uh, kids are healthy, happy, and successful. Spend more time with her family, uh, travel and have fun with her family, respect and approval of friends, family, and relatives, and peace of mind. So it, it just is an example, and this isn't going to be the ideal customer avatar for anyone. Um, this is an example. So you have to you have to kind of take it and create what your what your ideal customer avatar is. And the the way I kind of portray it, and again, could potentially be slightly crude, is is you're gonna either be the hero or, or the fool. Um, when you hire a painting company and, and that's, you're, you're the hero if they come in and, and it's kind of like a re- remodeling company or something. They come in and the, the paint looks fantastic. They, they assisted with the color matching, made sure it didn't look silly. Uh, the paint's not obviously going to be chipping, multiple coats on the walls, et cetera. And then someone comes over and says, oh, wow, I, I love what you did with the house. So this just, this just looks really great. Who'd you hire? Like, wow. Um, now you have a, a company kind of a worst case scenario, paint drip on the floor. Maybe, maybe just they did one coat and you can almost see through it and maybe it's, it's peeling after two years or whatever. And then people come over and kind of judge you, judge your house, right? So there's, it's very ego driven and you can either be the hero and be like, wow, I want to work with whatever company you worked with. And that's where you get so many referrals, et cetera, or you can be the fool. And that's in the homeowner's mind, right? And that's when you're targeting the right people. So this is targeting the right people. Some people just don't want to pay money. Those are not the people we're targeting. Uh, so the idea is if you can see Joe Jones through Joe Jones eyes, then you can sell what Joe Jones buys. So that is the messaging. If you understand Joe Jones then you can communicate with him. Um, or the, I'm sorry, that is the, the market who the messaging is why should someone choose to do business with you now that you know who you're targeting versus the competition? What benefits do you offer that your target customer avatar will resonate with? And if you're if your reason is because you're cheaper, then you're going to have a problem growing. You are always going to have a problem growing because you're not going to be able to hire and retain good talent. And if you cannot hire and retain good talent, you cannot grow. Um, so the talent is there, but you have, to, you have to establish yourself as the premium brand. You have to give people a reason to consistently close and pay you more money and you make more profit because that's how you don't have a, a talent problem anymore. Uh, messaging that works. So some examples, professional service with the highest quality materials and care. We, we care for your home or business belongings, uh, upfront pricing and satisfaction guaranteed. If you can, if you can create your system where you can, you can deliver pricing and, and estimates on the spot, that's really, that can be really impactful as opposed to a day or two later. Um, trustworthy painters or trusted painters or experienced, just some messaging you can use and you can make the case professional service with the reliable and courteous painters. We use the highest quality materials. Why does that matter? 
You know, a lot of painters say that, but why does it matter? Explain why it matters. Uh, money saving offers, you can use this um, around holiday times or, or kind of when it's expected. We, we don't really discount our services very often, but we did run a Black Friday sale and it was, it was massively successful. My fear is always that it will, it will cheapen the brand. And I think a lot of painting company owners have that fear as well. You don't want to cheapen your brand, especially when you provide a great service. But around the, those very specific holidays, you can run um, short, short promotions. Uh, clean cut uniform professional painters will we'll leave your home or business clean. We found it in great service satisfaction guarantee. If you can guarantee, um, if you, whatever guarantees you can offer, they go a long way. Uh, so that's one of the things, uh, that we implement and Cole, you had kind of talked about the follow-up process or sort of when, when someone comes through the, through what happens next, you know, with us, when we work with painting companies, we actually set them up into our CRM. And as part of that CRM, what we do is we actually have the painting company owner, we send, we send him or her multiple scripts. If there's 30 second scripts. We have them basically record in, into a video, selfie style oftentimes, and that's fine. You don't want it to even look overly polished, but we have them record into a video who they are and, and what their company does. So for example, if you get a lead through Facebook, uh, then the company might say, hey, I'm, I'm John. Thanks so much for requesting your free estimate with John's house painting. I just want to let you know that this is how we work. This is our four-step process. And, and I oversee all of our projects and I 100% guarantee your satisfaction. So thank you again for requesting your estimate. And we look forward to providing that for you soon, right? And then, then they're going to get another video from John when, when it's time to actually conduct the estimate, right? So the typical process is, okay, someone called in, they want an estimate, you set it up and then you show up. That's a terrible process. I mean, I guess it's better than, than a lot of painters if you even show up on time, but that it's a terrible, it's a terribly low bar, right? You want to have an appointment confirmation reminder, and then you want to pre-sell them. You want to sell them because you don't want to show up in your company X, and then there's company Y and company Z, because most people are obviously going to get multiple quotes. And then company Z is $1,500 cheaper, and you guys seem indistinguishable. So why would they pay you $1,500 more? And that's where you get into this, this pricing, right? You have to get the right people through the door, and then you have to give them a reason to, to view you as the premium painting company. So kind of pre-selling um, with the videos and, and the videos are powerful because if you wanna sell people, you have to, they, they need to know, like, and trust you, right? That trust factor is so big. This is a big investment for people, even for the wealthy homes. If they're spending five, seven, 10, 15 grand on your painting company, that's a big investment. People aren't doing that every day on their homes. For you, you're doing it every day, but for people, they're not. And so they have to trust you. They have to be sure. And if you can send them this messaging, if they feel like they know the owner and the owner ha has given his stamp of, of, of guarantee that, that, hey, you can call up him or, or he's going to stand behind the project no matter what, then there's a reason to pay you $1,500. There's a reason to pay you $2,500 more than Company Z, the guy who showed up, but he, they didn't really know much about him. And maybe he did provide a nice looking estimate, but, but there was no real, uh, no like trust factor there. So something to think about Cole for you with the property managers, especially when you're kind of establishing these long-term partnerships. Um, you know, trust is a big thing there. It's, it's obviously very relationship driven and yours is, is different from residential. Residential is going to be a little more transactional. Uh, it's still the, the, a lot of the same concepts apply, but you're really looking for repeat business. So that's extremely relationship driven. Um, okay. So when we have the market and we have the messaging, uh, then the media. So the website is your number one. Uh, even referrals, you know, people think, oh, I get referrals. So website doesn't matter. Oftentimes, and we know this because we track this data, oftentimes referrals will check out your website. 
again, if it's a major decision, people are going to do some due diligence. People are going to do some research. They will go to your site and see what it's about. And if you can present in a polished way, if you can distinguish and focus on the, the end customer more so than you do your painting company, then that goes a long way, right? To, to actually increasing your value in their eyes. Um, so is your website set up for conversion? And some of these things are covered in the cheat sheet, um, but does it speak to your target avatar, right? So whoever, when you do the exercise, their fears and goals and, and all the frustrations, does it, does it address, address that? Because it should, right? The, the messaging needs to be clear on your site. Um, does it have authentic images of your team on the homepage and throughout the site? So we don't want to stock images. People, people can see stock images from a mile away. It's, it's a pretty looking image. They know it's not you. And therefore, there, it does absolutely nothing. If anything, it actually hurts uh, your trust in their eyes because they know that you're putting, you're putting an image forward that is not you. Um, does it include video elements on your website? So uh, that's big for, for the trust no factor. It's also big for ranking your site because it keeps people on your site gets people to, to scroll on your site and, and increases time on page, which when you're thinking about SEO, that's big, but you should have a website welcome video and a video for each of your services. Again, I would recommend uh, the owner, if possible, do those videos. Uh, and then a video explaining why they should contact you versus the competition. And what we're going through, this is, it's not something you're going to implement tomorrow. You know, th this is some of this stuff's going to take time, but if you want to get to, to another level, if you want to get to the big level, this is the stuff that we're talking about here. Um, does it showcase your online reviews more prominently? So if you use a tool like BirdEye or ReviewBuzz, again, ranking it, it can actually help you with ranking, but it can actually, it can actually show not just your reviews, it can actually tie them to specific, uh, areas in your service area. So people can literally click on a pin, a, a pin, like on a map and it opens up and they see the review. They can actually see before and afters. Sometimes you can even get customers leave video testimonials tied to those pins and maybe it's their neighbor's house or maybe it's a house a couple blocks away. And that the, the effect, the psychological effect that that has is, is massive. And it also actually does help you rank as well. Um, get the basics in order. Always have your phone number in the top right corner. Ensure there's a web form customers can fill out. Some people want to call you. Some people want to fill out a web form. Some people might want to want to chat, right? And you can, you can hire a, a chat service for, for not very much money. But different people communicate different ways. People are going to come to your site at different hours. So you want to, you know, some people might be on your site at work and they really can't call you at that time, but they could fill out a web form. Now, if they fill out a web form, that gets back into the automations and get back, in, back into what your process is because you should automatically respond to them. That should automatically call your phone and you should be calling them. And then you should have a text that automatically goes out to them because web forms are just a, a dark hole where leads go to die typically. And, and they don't have to be that way. Uh, after 15 minutes, that lead is largely dead. Um, after it sh You should be responding within five minutes. Okay. Uh, are there calls to action on each page to speak to your customer avatar and tell them exactly what to do next? So you don't want to just have text, 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 or text, photos, text, but no call to action. Give people an opportunity wherever they are in, in, in your site to, to make an action, right? To either fill out a form. You can have side forms on, on your site. You can have a uh, click to call that, that kind of stays there. But Whenever they decide, hey, that, that little thing I just read or that little video I just watched, that made me decide that this is probably the company for me. You don't want them to then have to say, well, okay, where's the contact tab? Okay, I think it scroll. Oh, there it is. And let, let me try to find it. You, do, you don't want to give them all this time because they might get distracted or, or just change their mind or the, you just want them, you know, the, the, you want to remove all the obstacles. 
remove all the obstacles that you can to, to you doing business with them. Um, are you given the opportunity to engage by a chat? So again, having a chat widget, some people like it, some people don't like it, uh, whatever your, your, your view is on it. And then are you leveraging marketing automation and, and SMS? So text messaging is big. It's become very, very big. It's become very big uh, the last year. And most companies are not taking advantage of it. But the, the statistics are, are overwhelming. We, we did a, um, we actually ran a, a webinar on just the automations. We, we spent the whole time on that. But 97% of text messages are responded to. 97%. Think about how many emails you have in your inbox that you are never going to respond to. I know I have a lot. What a stat. 97. It's because few companies have capitalized on it. So, so mm. text messages come from your friends and family. We've been getting email spam for 20 years. We've learned to tune out emails. Emails are worthless. They're, they're more worthless than, than direct mail. You know, direct mail used to be worthless, but now because people viewed it as worthless and stopped doing it, and it's kind of expensive. And if you just send off a piece or two or three, you tend not to get results. You really need to have a long-term strategy. Direct mail is important again, but email is still down. Now, emails to your customers, if you find a way to add value and stay in front of them, and that can be valuable. So I don't want to act like email is dead. It's not, nothing's dead. But text message is just massively powerful. Like using, um, you know, use Outlook and then it separates focused emails to um, like there's a, it separates emails, focus yeah. and non-focus. And I just automatically go to the non-focus and delete them all right away. Yeah. You know, so like, like a I, luckily, luckily your, yours came in just now through the unfocused part. And I'm like, oh, that's Brandon. So I better move that to the focused area, right? <laughs> like, Got lucky. Got lucky. I, got lucky. I was almost chopped. I was on the chopping block. Yeah. Justin, did you have a question? I wanted to uh, respond to the text messages. Um, I found the text messaging to uh, be very valuable, um, especially uh, any automated texts. Um, I started using a software that uh, it lets the company know when uh, we've gotten the estimate, when we've done the estimate, it goes through the whole thing. And even to let them know that we're on site to start the job. And it really seems to resonate with the customers very well to be able to do that. And they seem to like to communicate via text a lot more than phone because it's just easier for them. Yeah, it's easier. It, it's there's less pressure. You know, there's pressure on a phone call. No matter who you're on the phone, they they might feel like you're gonna try to might try to upsell them or, or try to sell them right there on the call, pressure them in some way. Whereas the text, it's it's on their terms. They're comfortable. It's safe. Yeah, yeah. And typically, they only have done it so psychologically. They've only done that with friends and family. So you you've almost become trusted just the fact that they're communicating with you that way. Right. They've always called businesses. That, that's always been an official thing, but they've only really texted with their friends and family. You know, and uh, the review to text that link for the review to them. I've gotten so many more reviews by texting. That's awesome, man. Right Justin, there. you're so you're you're you've been following along. You're implementing this stuff, man. And, and uh, yeah. it's, it's awesome to hear how it's working. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Justin, do you do you have any. Uh, SMS programs you recommend? What are you What are you using? I'm using a program called Drip Jobs. Uh, nice. Fellow Tanner 
uh, created yep. this. He's a painter, and it is working really well. I believe that um, my uh, success rates, uh, part of that 55% success rate has been because of using this app and the automations that it has, especially with the text messages. Yep, nice. Yeah, the automations, especially as you grow, if you don't have automations, then things fall through the cracks. They just do, you know, getting the reviews, the appointment reminder, kind of pre-selling, post-selling after the estimate, all that stuff. You just can't keep, keep up with it as you grow um, and then miss opportunities. And Cole, what Justin's talking about with the, with the Google review is just creating a, Google, a QR code. So just um, you can do a QR code, but then you can also create a link. Um, I guess that's what he's saying, a link that actually links. So when someone clicks it, it goes directly to leaving you a review. It's not, hey, will you leave us a review and then they have to find you or anything. Yeah, you know, any uh, recommendations for, so uh, I haven't promoted a lot of Google reviews because my highest margin clients tend to not leave any kind of review because they're facility managers who like are in the basement, right? And and so like, um, uh, I've try to try to see how I can No, the best way is like a testimonial letter that they write me, but they very rarely go right to the um, Google review. Right. So this, I think this text message um, strategy, I'm going to try this year to see if I can get them out of the basement, if you will. <laughs> yeah. uh, Do you meet with them in person when, when you're on site? Yeah. All the time. So right there, bring a, we call it a customer happiness card, create a QR code. There, there are you can just, search QR code generator. There are tons of them online. Yeah. Put it on a, a little business card. Say like, Hey, how was your service? Whatever. And you can actually walk them through it. So if you, if you refine this, if you practice this, people always think it's like you're strong arming them or something. And if someone is obviously indicating that they don't want to do it, you don't push it, but you can say like, Hey, if, if you feel you have a relationship because yours is so relationship driven, if it's going well, be like, Hey, you know, I'm really trying to get more focus on this business and really expand this portion. Can, can I just, can you, can you scan this right now? Can I kind of walk you through how to do that? Because some people also are not super tech savvy, right? So yeah. if you just say like, oh yeah, all you have to, have to do actually is just open up your camera and just point it right here. And then you can literally walk them through it. Two minutes later, you got a review, right? Or you can actually ask them depending on your comfort level with them. But I would assume you, you're, you'll get tight with some of them over time. You say, hey, you know, can I film you just, just for 30 seconds or, or a minute? Just kind of, And just pull out your phone, you know, get the selfie video. Yeah, um, yeah. cool. Yeah, but it, you you will for yours. I would say that the in person um, is probably going to work the best, and then I would try the texting. Um, all right, the biggest marketing issues facing panic. So unconverted leads. So uh, this, again, we'll touch on the web form issue. But fifty to sixty percent of inbound calls leave unconverted, and and that is uh, high. And then 90 percent of web forms fail to convert. And this is because if people hear back within twenty four hours, that's like a big victory. Um, but the reality is for, for just in general, leads that are not followed up within 15 minutes go cold. So you had someone who, who wanted to do business with you, was ready to set an estimate. And then now you almost have to rewin them because it, they fill out this form. But what are they going to do? If someone fills out a web form, they're not going to just fill out the form, most likely. If they were referral or their repeat business, maybe. But they're, they're, if they found you on Google or if they're basically a cold lead that your marketing efforts brought in, they're not going to fill out the web form and then just sit back and be like, whew, I'm glad that's done. They're probably then going to go to another website and they're probably going to then go to another website. And so now you've kind of stacked yourself. And then if one of those websites actually is employing automations and then they get them on the phone, 
and they shoot them a text message. Well, now you just went from, well, they just wanted to set an estimate with you to now you have to catch up and win the, win this business from someone else who it's now their job that they're the ones who own that project now. So that that's setting the automations. It's making it. So when someone, when someone actually fills out a web form, your phone rings, if it's within whatever your business hours are, or whenever you're willing to do sales calls, your phone rings, it's automated. You press one, it, it kind of gives you their name. You press one, it calls them. So it's like, hey, this is, this is John, uh, John's house painting. I saw you just filled out our web form. How can I help you? Just boom, like that. Within 60 seconds, you have them on the phone. If they don't answer, one minute goes by, automated message. Hey, this is John with John's house painting. Saw you just requested an estimate. Wanted to go ahead and get that set up for you right away. When would be best for you? Something that looks like John, you waited delay. It looks like John just, just did it. People, nine out of 10 times, you get a response. So you flip this from a 90% fail rate on web forms to a 90 plus percent success rate. So it's pretty massive. Um, some other stats, the average customer must be followed up with five to seven times before booking. Um, it, this is, again, it goes back to this is a big decision for people, uh, even though it's what you guys do every day. And then today's consumers prefer to interact by a text message versus phone or email. And, and Justin is proof to the power of text. Um, so the solution is leverage this marketing automation to follow web forms within the first two minutes via phone, email, and text. You have an email go out as well, right? Again, some people, most people, the email is not what works, but some people it is because some, some older uh, clientele, email is actually what resonates best with them. And it's what they tend to respond to. Uh, automate the follow-up so that every prospect is touched five plus times and able to engage by two-way messaging. And here's just kind of some, some stats. So if you have 50 leads and uh, your conversion rate is 25%, you have minimal follow-up. Um, maybe you can book 12 of those. 25% is, is a pretty low conversion rate. Uh, and then you get 12 book jobs out of that at $5,000, you get $60,000 a month. So again, this is for some, for some companies, this would be really good, but this is 25% a pretty low conversion rate. Then you have 50 leads and you, you convert that to a 70% conversion rate, which absolutely is feasible while still charging a good amount through automated follow-up and, and uh, other things you do with your business, 35 jobs. Now, all of a sudden you have 175,000 with the same number of leads. So putting the automations in place, structuring that correctly, your, it's called your inbound sales process. So what is your inbound sales process? It makes every lead that you generate more valuable. If every lead that you generate is more valuable, then you can afford to spend more money to acquire leads. If you can afford to spend more money to acquire leads, then you can outmarket your competitors. So it's just a flywheel effect. Um, all right. So does anyone want to volunteer uh, for what three conversion elements you are going to implement on your website? Nobody, man. I got to first, yeah. first, first thing I got to just make sure that my um, website doesn't come up with a hazard sign on the web link. Like, I don't, I don't even know where that came from. You know, like it's a, it gets marked as a, um, not a safe what's, site. What's your site? Novopainting.com. Noble, N O B L E. N O V O. And Novopainting.com. Yeah. Did it I says not secure. It, it comes up as. Yeah. So you just need um, an SSL certificate. So whatever, wherever you're kind of hosting your domain, you should easily be able to, to buy that. I mean, it costs maybe like, I don't even $10 a year or something. It's, 
it's oh, pretty cheap. But basically, you need right now you it, it's an HTTP, and you need it to be HTTPS. So you just need an SSL certificate. And <laughs> is that it? The ten dollar fix, huh? Jeez. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an easy fix. Yeah. So um, that's one. Uh, mm -hmm. Two is to kind of um, uh, refocus some of my con uh, words on uh, and, and some of the language on my website to better gear towards interior work and take off some of my exterior work. Although the exterior projects I have are like Pike Place Market landmark. Seattle Aquarium landmark kind of projects that I like to highlight because of reputation, but it's also getting me these leads that I don't necessarily want anymore because they're lower margin. So I'll take them selectively. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and I think the third one is um, the intake form and the automation of the um, the automate re relook at our inbound sales process, right? Like what is the mm -hmm. uh, the form, the questions, and how do I redirect and automate with and being able to automatically say no without having to say no. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the so kind of your homepage. Um, it I like the fact that you have that community focus, you know, like like a part of the community with all the different logos. Um, it definitely doesn't say what you do. Yeah. You know. Just kind of looking at it, it's really no idea. Um, so so people would have to dive in. And then I, I believe, so on one of these, on your slider, which is just kind of your header where the images change, you have a learn more when when Pike Place Market comes up. But I think when, when the, oh yeah, so you have a learn more again, but the learn more kind of keeps shifting where it is. It's like on the left Side. and then it's on the right. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have your phone number in the top right. I can't go to the top. There should be a top right. It should be a click to call. Or I should be able to just fill out that form. That's where people look when when they're looking to contact you. They're looking in the top right. So there should be some like, "Hey, contact us. You know, call us now or, or fill out our form now." Or because because here I have to go to the contact page if I want to do it. And now there's been another barrier, and then I go to the yeah. And that's not even the way I want to collect them anyway, because then they send me an email or they call me. Now I have to send you an email. Yeah. yeah. So there's, no, there's no even web form here to fill out. Yeah. yeah. Um. So now you're now I had to go to another page. Now I have to, to go to another application. I have to open my email. I have to copy your email. I guess it, it would probably open automatically. But for me, I actually don't use Outlook. So I actually use Gmail. So I, I have to actually copy it because Outlook is always what opens automatically. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so it's a multi-step process. When you're on the services page and the programs, there's no real call to action there at all, right? As you know, it's funny down, that uh, I just clicked on my own email and I don't even look, I don't use like Outlook a whole lot. <laughs> so it's same thing opens goes, up right yeah you know, yeah it's a redirect yeah yeah so um yeah no there's definitely i mean it's so, like a lot of it's really good but you could definitely make it easier for for you can make it clear what you do and who you do it for and then yeah. you could make it easier uh to get in touch and then i would put a video of you on the home page kind of saying what you do you yeah know? so people like, love videos man yeah i got like so sherwin did a video on us i got i mean pca has been doing on it and, and i I've been hesitant because I don't uh, want to overload my page with some of the video contact content, but I'm trying to trying to figure out a way to um, uh, like like I think in one of your slides it was like continuously updating your website with new content. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely a weak part of ours uh, just because of, you know, that's not my strong suit anyway, social media yeah. and all of that. Uh, and so um, I've tried to take a approach where I don't overcommit myself to um, uh, lively updates every week like yeah, that. Yeah. But at the same time, I need to do more consistency in it. Right? Well, you can so, just have yeah. an active blog. Yeah. You know, you can just have someone writing, writing blogs for you actively. I mean, even twice a month is showing Google that, that the site's being updated. You don't have to be updating your primary pages. I see, I see. You should be kind of doing a full site refresh probably every every three years. Ideally, it's every two years, but really every three years. But when I say kind of keep updating it, yeah, you can add add new videos or you can add if you have some promotion or whatnot, but just adding blog articles too is updating okay. it. That's good, thank yeah, you. So you definitely don't have to go through and kind of do everything. And, and in terms of, yeah, you don't want to weigh your site down. Page speed is, is important. But there are plugins. Um, I'm not sure what you're using, but so we use WordPress, and there are plugins like Lazy Load and things yeah. where essentially you can put the video if you put it below the fold and you have elements load as needed, then it, it hasn't actually loaded yet. It doesn't load until they scroll down. So everything kind of below the uh, fold, below the, what's on their screen, will load as they go down, and that tells Google your page loaded a lot faster because it did. Whereas oh. if you if you have to upload every single element before the person actually sees your page show up, then it slows your site down. Wow, all those back end stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot going on, man. A lot going on. And it's always changing too. And and you know, this is just the tech. Then you right. you layer on kind of Facebook's policy and Google policy. I mean, we've had had customers get their Google accounts banned, and then we have to figure that out and why, who the heck knows, right? It's just right. wild, man. Um, cool. All right. Uh, well, thank you for that, Cole. And then, um, no one track your KPIs. So I know we are running out of time, Sydney. So call tracking, um, Thanks you know, track acknowledgement. I appreciate it. Yeah, I know. I know it. Um, track your calls, uh, know where they're coming from. So your lead source, uh, you, you can have number swapping Cole, kind of going back to some of this behind the scenes stuff. You, you can, um, use call tracking services, call rail, things like that. And, and basically number swap and, and essentially, it shows a different number uh, to people based on where they came from. If they found you on Google just through a search, if they found you on a paid ad, if they found you through Facebook, essentially every number will be a different number. Uh, but when they call, it's all routed to your primary number. And then it basically, depending on what number that the number came through, then that's how you know uh, where your lead came through. And so that helps you track your KPIs. Um, conversion rates. So not only knowing, hey, we had this many people come through Facebook and, and we spent this much. Um, to get that many people, we had this many people come through Google knowing tracking when they came through, what was their, their revenue, what, and what was your profit on that? So actually being able to track that is important. Um, and then a sim- simple dashboard. So you should have some sort of dashboard, uh, to measure the KPIs. Um, and then key trends, uh, shift from phone conversion to message conversion that this SMS is big, uh, have an all in perspective on your marketing. Uh, and then huge demand surge occurred in 2021. So I want to take a second to touch on this. 2021 was an anomaly. You know, everyone and their grandmother felt that they could start and run and build a successful painting company. Um, because, you know, I, I feel like if I had just put a sign in my front yard, I, I think a hundred people would have lined up and said, Hey, can you come paint our house? Right. Cause no one was, the, the demand was intense. Uh, that's not going to continue. I see a lot. And again, I'm talking with on a weekly basis with highly successful painting company owners. I'm always asked them, how do you view the future of the industry? What do you see happening? And a consistent theme is consolidation, right? So the winners are going to win and, and the losers are not going to win, right? Just to kind of put it bluntly, 
And so right now it's a very fragmented industry. Uh, painting, if you kind of look at plumbing and HVAC, if you look at that, that, that industry is, is far more ahead, ahead of the time. It, it is far farther along the marketing curve than it is the painting and coatings industry. It just is. And they, they invest far more into marketing, but that's what's going to happen. So you, you can either sort of be on the, on the forefront of that, or you can be struggling to keep up um, with, with the people who are doing that. So that's how I see it uh, changing. And ultimately you need to decommoditize your business. So you have to get, you have to target the right people, get the right people through the door and decommoditize means you establish yourself as a premium brand. You give people a reason to pay you more money and feel good about it because you are no longer viewed as a commodity. So uh, this I'll skip it, uh, download the items. Again, it's www.paintermarketingpros.com forward slash 2022. Uh, the checklist is forward slash checklist, but it, that's included in the 2022. Uh, and then again, if you, if you want to talk, and I'm saying this for the podcast, you can call me, um, call our company at 1-800-813-4385. Again, 1-800-813-4385. You can email me directly, brandon at paintermarketingpros.com. Again, brandon at paintermarketingpros.com. And you can also book online with us, www.paintermarketingpros.com forward slash schedule. Again, www.paintermarketingpros.com forward slash schedule. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.